Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls, and I am super grateful to be with you today and very excited uh, for our guest to share with with all of you. Uh, Today we've got, excuse me, excuse me. Today we have Aaron Lawrence with us. Aaron is a dad, husband, a Marine, an entrepreneur, and an attorney. And he brings uh, a lot of wisdom on on leadership, on business, on entrepreneurship, and can't wait for him to share. Thank you all for being with us, and I hope you enjoy. Settle in with that. Aaron, if you would, fill in some blanks for us. Tell tell our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. Well, thanks so much for that introduction, Todd. Uh, It is great to be here. Um, I really appreciate that uh, we were able to link up to get this done, uh, especially so quickly since we, we only met over the weekend. Um, it's really exciting. So uh, I, um, uh, in, in chronological order, since I guess that's the easy way, easiest way to tell a story, uh, from high school, I joined the Marine Corps, uh, enlisted. I was an ordinance man, which meant anything that was you know, designed and supposed to uh, explode or, or contain explosives. Um, I would take care of maintenance, um, be a technician over and install and things like that. And from there, I uh, got involved in special operations, uh, did some things overseas, Iraq, Afghanistan, stuff like that. Uh, Got out of the Marine Corps 2011 and uh, went, uh, did some security contracting, both overseas and domestically. Um, Got involved in some of that stuff and really liked the policy aspect of it. Took a shine to it. So I uh, was suggested I go to law school. And so I, I went to LSU Law, uh, Louisiana State University for the uninitiated, and um, graduated from there uh, where I met my wife. And we now have uh, two beautiful children, um, two boys. We uh, live together in Ruston, Louisiana, which is North Louisiana. Uh, and I opened up my own practice fairly recently, about three weeks ago now. And uh, I've been doing criminal defense and uh, I've kept my small business business practice alive as well. I do a lot of veterans advocacy work and just found there was a need for them not getting the real legal advice uh, that catered to them and what they do. And so I've uh, been able to carry that forward and help some businesses as well. Cool, cool, cool. When did you realize that you had the entrepreneurial bug? When, when were you bitten uh, if my mom is going to listen to this, she's going to argue with me if I don't say third grade. Third grade, I got on a bus and uh, I had some candy and other kids wanted candy. And I said, OK, well, you got any money in your pocket? And so uh, I sold them the candy I had. And quickly I understood what I would learn to be the uh, vocabulary of margins and overhead and things like that. And so a friend of mine's parents had a Sam's Club membership. And so I realized that he could buy 
you know, warhead candies in a, in a hundred pack for less unit cost than I could at, at the Kroger or the Brookshire's grocery store. And so I'd give him money, he'd buy the hundred and then I'd pass it, I'd, you know, sell it on the bus, um, you know, at a, at a markup, of course. And uh, at, eventually I had some other friends that were on other buses and I'd supply them. And um, we had a little, little, uh, you know, empire going on. And so I, that's the first time I noticed um, that I, I was an entrepreneur. So from third grade all the way up till now, and just three weeks ago, step out on your own, your your own your own practice. What are some of the, what are the, some of the challenges you've faced uh, as you've as you've done that, as you've stepped out on your own or into your own? Well, I mean, um, you know, I feel like you're not serving um, yourself and those who who serve you well if you don't consistently check your entrepreneurial spirit versus your ego. Um, and and I, I've wondered that many times, especially as a Marine and an attorney, both are pretty infamous for being fairly arrogant. And uh, I don't think I'm an exception to that uh, every now and then when I fall into that trap. And so uh, for that reason, I think you have to uh, constantly battle with, is this something I need to do for myself because I just want to do it my way versus, and you know everything else is the wrong way? Or is this something I want to do for myself because it's going to be more fulfilling? And I, I've, you know, grown as much as I can grow here working for someone else. And it's time for me to learn for myself. And so uh, uh, most recently for me, that's been my battle since the firm I was with before I struck out on my own was, in fact, working for my father-in-law who owned the firm. And uh, I, you know, learned a lot of things from him. A lot of good wisdom came out of, out of him and, and many other attorneys. Uh, but I, I just realized that I can continue to get that wisdom and that mentorship from them while not working for them and instead working for myself and um, just kind of learning off my own my own beat. Yeah. It seems that there are there are probably a lot of not just attorneys, but a lot of a lot of men and women like you were six weeks ago or, or however long ago it was where you were working um in somebody else's on somebody else's business you felt the pull what did it take to describe what it takes to actually listen to it and then and then step into it for you yeah i, I mean um it sounds cliche but it only sounds cliche because so many wiser people than me have said it before this and it's you know the first thing you have to have is the support of your family or your friend group or, or whoever your inner inner circle is and be very careful i would say to any entrepreneur be very careful who that friend group is compiled of uh for some they're not fortunate enough for their spouse to be in that in that group because their spouse is just a little less risk of or more risk averse than they are uh, your best friend might not be an entrepreneur by nature. And so he may say, don't leave that guaranteed paycheck. Parents are another one because some uh, from prior generations just don't uh, support that entrepreneurial spirit because they don't understand it really well. So first thing you have to have your is your, your inner circle on board uh, for your emotional support, um, as well as your any mentorship and things like that. The second for me, uh, it came down to very basic financials. Of uh, you know, okay, when I when I leave, what guaranteed contracts and payments do I have in the bag? Um, and for an attorney, especially, that's a very um, uh, it's a very risky thing to navigate uh, because you know once you start talking about splitting up clients, the cat's out of the bag. You're leaving whether you want to go or not. You, you <laughs> said you're out. 
And so uh, I was very fortunate to have uh, contracts which uh, are, are month in, month out, uh, and um, fairly regular so long as I don't mess them up. And um, I was able to do a little quick cocktail napkin math and keep my overhead, not only for my, for my potential firm, but for my personal life under that number. And so as long as I wake up uh, on the first of the month and don't upset anyone, I'm going to have that number covered. And then anything I sign and how the rest of the month goes is surplus. And we can talk about reinvestment or anything like that going forward. So my first two things were emotional support and solvency. Um, you know, I, I had already had the mentorship and so I was going to keep those phone numbers and those contacts open going forward anyway. Um, I've got a decent uh, natural instinct for marketing and networking. So I knew those would grow as a function of just getting out on my own and branding and things like that. But uh, emotional support and, and financial solvency were my two big things. Okay. Emotional support, financial solvency. So then if, if I'm if I'm in that position thinking about going out of my own, maybe one of our listeners or, or maybe all of our listeners are thinking about it right now. Once, once you can check those two off the list, what's the next thing or what words of encouragement or words of caution might you offer? Um, well, I mean, we're living in the internet age. Knowledge is free all over and, and everywhere. All you have to do is, is, you know, pick it up, Google your question. And, and I, I more, I go a step further and, and copy and paste those things into a document and create my own kind of book uh, of knowledge. And you just find out, you know, if you want to start a sewing shop or bakery, uh, you know, whatever you want to start, uh, hundreds of people have started that before you. And most of their, you know, top 10 playbook is online for you. And so, you know, don't, don't make, don't make old mistakes, you know, make new ones, but don't make old mistakes. There's people out there who are dying to teach you uh, the benefit of the mistakes they've made. So seek them out, um, whether it's uh, in, you know, written form, word form, or live like this. Uh, so that's definitely going to be a thing. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention as a small business attorney, it's never too early to start setting up your business structure. Uh, start writing your articles of organization. Uh, consult with an attorney. Consult, you know, if, if LegalZoom is the only thing you can afford, use them. But I, I mean, you're always going to get more customized advice if you seek out an attorney uh, directly and, and you talk to them. They've, they've got time for you. If they don't, then they're not the attorney for you. Um, but the sooner you start getting your structure, the sooner you'll start feeling like a business. Uh, Google, you know, some of the logistics, Google Voice has free phone numbers. I mean, all, all these things are out there and don't underestimate the value of feeling like you're in business. Um, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned attorney. Any any others? Just just thinking about how, how would you round out that professional team if you're, if you're going into business? It seems like there's more than... Uh, just attorney, attorney's important. Absolutely. Who else would be there? Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, I, I would say you always want to balance out your, uh, your creative and your business side, uh, unless you're offering business services, then you're probably a little more on the creative side and you can get, you know, someone who's a little more business. Uh, while I never recommend partnerships, um, you, you know, find out some sort of way to pay them as a, you know, and, and that can merely just be bookkeeping at first if you need it to be, but someone needs to handle your financials of, of inside your business. Then you have your tax accountant. I would not recommend combining them. And then you're going to have your business attorney um, is third. Uh, fourth, if you bring them in, which I, I do recommend, 
A lot of people get uh, just kind of blanket insurance to start, but go find you an insurance broker. Go find you somebody you trust in the insurance community because they're going to they're going to keep you out of some hot water early on. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, hopefully they're honest enough to where they won't sell you a bunch of insurance you don't necessarily need going up front. But uh, they're, they're going to sell you at least some, some general liability and, you know, maybe talk to you about entering into a space which may require licensing in your state that you may not know about. That attorney will be there to second guess on them, too. You usually, usually want two advisors that are going to argue with each other. That's why I say get your in-house financials and get your tax guy. Then get your attorney and your insurance guy or gal and let them, let them argue with each other. Let iron sharpen iron and you as the new uh, business owner can decide which one you want to go with or what shade. Yeah, there's, um, there's value in that tension and that pushback, right? When, when, exactly when they get into discussions. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as you, as you look forward, um, to the coming year and, and what you, where you want to take it, what you want to do, what are some of the, what are you most excited about as a, as a, as a new business, a new entity? What just gets you jazzed up? Um, I, I mean, I'm going to be excited. You know, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate. I'm in a, I'm in a three college town, uh, two of which are, you know, nationally ranked on multiple different, uh, you know, countdowns and schedules and top tens. And then the other one's a, a community college with just some real good, solid local talent. And so I get, I get interns, uh, beating my door down all the time. And I, again, I've been in business for three weeks and I've had four interns, come in, one of which I hired and my air quotes are up because, you know, I don't, I don't pay her anything. I, I said, listen, I can offer you, you know, some, some bad coffee and some okay advice, you know, about uh, what's going on here. But I said, if you want to be around, I'll put you to work, but I, I don't, I don't need the new position. I'm not hiring. And she said, no, I just want to hang out at a law firm because I think I might want to go to law school. And I think I want to practice law. And I said, okay. And so, um, uh, I'm excited to see how many more uh, young, vibrant, and excited people I can get in this door and help them really understand the community because I think that's a, a bit of an untapped version of marketing and brand awareness in this community that I can provide that a lot of people don't seem to be doing. Um, and then, uh, you know, on top of that, just how, how America comes out of COVID, uh, how the world comes out of COVID is going to be exciting for me as a business owner. Um, for, for everybody just to, to see what, what's done. I, I think um, we've maybe seen the, the, the pinnacle of large business uh, and the illusion that it is what fuels the economy. Um, and I, I think small business is going to be the way to go. I think, um, you know, seeing veteran-owned businesses, seeing female-owned businesses, seeing non-traditionally owned businesses um, you know, really what they can do, but I, I, I just urge them not to, uh, just cause they feel like the system sometimes has pushed back on them, uh, embrace those who can help you help the system help you. If that makes sense. Um, you know, a lot of attorneys look, um, you know, have a certain archetype and, and that's not a non-traditional archetype. So I ask you to, you know, go, go seek out legal advice anyway, and, and be, you know, be better be better than what you were downtrodden by, uh, one might say. Yeah. As you think about, see, so you brought up coming out of COVID and, and I, I agree. I think, uh, the small businesses are the, 
they're really the heartbeat of our communities or the fabric. And, and when at the end of the day, they're going to make all the difference given the chance. Um, sure. And I say it that way because I'm personally just a little concerned about just how, the, how this does unfold in the coming 12, 18 months, 24 months. What do you like, like just how do you see it playing out? Um, the way I see it is government's either going to figure it out and get on board or they're going to get left behind. Um, government is, is the big, slow moving dinosaur, uh, in, in this whole equation, small business owners, entrepreneurs, your listeners, you know, uh, my clients are, they're the ones that are thinking, they're the ones that are agile. They're the ones that are moving. They're the risk takers. You know, they're the one, they're not going to be beaten they're not going to be downtrodden because the government didn't give them help. Okay, you don't want to give entrepreneurs help? Well, they'll run off and leave you. That's the way it is. I mean, how many investors passed on Facebook, Amazon, you know, Walmart, all these guys, and they're all sitting there, you know, upset, wondering why they didn't see it? Well, because you weren't cut from the same cloth. You know, and, and listen, a lot of these small businesses, you know, your, your listenership, my clients, they never want to be Amazon. They never want to be Facebook. And I, I agree with them. I don't want to be Amazon's lawyer. So I get it. But uh, man, a, a lot of these folks just don't recognize a good opportunity when they see one. And by these folks, I mean those, those naysayers, those non-entrepreneurs. And I, I think they're going to get left behind. I don't think small business owners are going to be stopped. If they could, they wouldn't be small business owners. Yeah, the there's that gift of seeing seeing the problem and then learning and then just instinctively almost knowing how to create value from it That's and, right. and offering. And, and really, I think uh, in a lot of cases, just a heart to serve and they see the opportunities to serve. And and next thing you know, they've developed a business. I completely agree. And I, I would, you know, Mark Cuban uh, started using the term entrepreneur. Uh, I enjoy that a lot. It's, you know, an individual who sits around talking about all the great business ideas they have, but they've never done any of them. And I, I think um, if I could, you know, if I, not correct, but augment uh, Mark Cuban's language a little bit, I call them 100 percenters. They're not ready to do anything until they've got it 100 percent figured out. You know, and, and I don't I don't believe in that. I think the best entrepreneurs are one percenters and not the way we all use it financially. But just, hey, if I can improve something one percent, it's my goal to share that with the world. You know, it's my mission. It's my responsibility to share that. And we're going to improve on that one percent. And then once we get that, we're going to improve another 1%, another 1%. And, you know, through that, through those stair steps, that's how we get to where we want to go. I mean, there's a, there's a million sayings about it. You know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And entrepreneurs are ready to get up and get out the door when they have the next step figured out. You know, well, and, and what does grandma ask you? What are you going to do with step four? I don't know. I'll figure that out when I get to step three. You know, and, and these are these, are these, uh, these, system, uh, these, uh, these folks I talk about who maybe you know, guard yourself against them and keeping them in your inner circle because they, they want to know, well, what's step 20? And you haven't even thought about it because you're still on step two. And that's fine. That's okay. You can take a breath at the end of the day and then decide what you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. I've, I've had this discussion with, with I'm not going to mention names, but you know, I get an idea like, well, let's do this and this is where we're going. And then the question comes up, well, okay, but how are we going to get there? I'm like, well, I'd, how do I, I don't know that yet. I, I know here's the first step and I think this might be the second step, but I'm not, I don't know yet. That's right. That's right. 
I like to, uh, I'll, I'll sit around and I'll say, okay, here's what we're going to do tomorrow. And, and my wife will often go, okay, what are you doing after that? And I say, well, one of 10 things. And I'll just start listing things. And right around thing four, she's like, okay, okay, I got it. You don't know. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't. But I, I know that my job, the way I've always viewed entrepreneurship and, and my job and way that I can create value and continue to be relevant in the marketplace is this. I make decisions that create more opportunities for myself and others not less. If I'm creating less opportunity, I'm not going the right direction. Now that may be a force. I may have to make that decision this one time, but my goal is the second I can pivot and create more opportunity. Um, whatever that may be, as long as I'm leaving, as long as I'm opening more doors, I think I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about entrepreneurship, business ownership, and, and just the way you said that opening more doors, the, the impact that that is is prevalent is almost I think it's overlooked sometimes. Um, I, I recently in this last winter I was at a seminar and heard it said that the average small business owner like directly impacts around or touches like twelve hundred people, twelve to fifteen hundred in there, and they're doing other business on a, on a yearly basis. Well, you think about that if they posit like if they're adding value. And, and having a positive effect to 1,200 people. And then that changes those folks' days. It, right. it, it has to. It has to. So then they go home and maybe they, they're, they treat their kids a little bit better. Maybe they're just in a, in a better mood. And they've got you know, a little bit more time for family. And, and so uh, I, I'm, I'm on a tangent about the power of the small business person, the, the entrepreneur and the tremendous positive impact it can have and the ripple effects that just go out in their communities. Um, and, and which brings me back to, we've got a responsibility um, to, to serve them well, uh, to equip and enable them to be able to have those, um, those positive effects, those, those things that create more value. I think that's 100% right. And, and you know, to, to draw a, a, dif a differentiation between small business or, or business in general now versus 20, 30 years ago, you know, the, the generation of the pushy salesmen, the, uh, you know, coffees for closers, like these kind of guys, right, where, you know, we're just going to ram it down your throat and, you know, buy, 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 buy. Um, we've figured out that the world's gotten so small now that it comes back around for everybody. So the only product now is positivity. The only product is value and feeling and, and feeling better, being in a better mood, but substantial feeling, not just, you know, sugar rush, not just that quick, ah, bottle rocket emotional moment. I, I mean, real positivity and feeling that you improved someone's day or, 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 you know, set them on a path to make their kids' lives better when they get home. And, and that relationship-based interaction versus transactional interaction of, hey, I sold them, I got the numbers, you know, on to the next. But relationship-based interaction, it's not only more powerful, but it's more realistic now because I'm going to follow you on Facebook. And, you know, Todd, we met we met a few days ago via the phone, but I'm going to see what you're doing in, in 18 months because it's going to pop up on my feed. And if I don't like it or I'm not happy with it or I'm not about it, I'm going to say, you know, this guy started off in a way that I really agreed with. And, and I don't know, he just kind of lost his way. And I might even reach out to you. I might give you that benefit of help helping you, you know, or giving you my opinion, at least if it's helpful um, and guidance of getting back on track versus, 
hey, I, I may come back, you know, and be a guest in 18 months because you're doing so well and you're, you're, you're even you know, further than me on the path that I didn't even think I wanted to be on. Um, but those relationships and keeping that momentum going is, I think, what uh, the Internet has done positively for us all. And you can keep track of that. Absolutely. And I would invite you for sure. You see me getting off track. I'm counting on you to reach out and say, hey, where, where, where are you going, man? Um, right. <clears throat> I think because I think that's so important, important that we have. And you talked about this, you know, the, the circle who you've got around you. But we need folks that will speak truth to us. You know, not, not people that are going to be nice, but people that are going to be kind. And sometimes it hurts to be kind to someone and, and say, hey, Todd, you, you're, <laughs> you need to get back from La La Land here. Uh, <clears throat> and and so, so much of that, I think, Todd, is, is how it's received. You know, you, you know the universe... Uh, our faith, how, however you define whatever is bigger than us that is, you know, kind of watching us all just walk around in this crazy world, it, you, whatever you're seeking and whatever you're receptive to tends to find you. You know, if you're looking after looking for opportunity, you find more opportunities. You know, so if you're seeking positive criticism and you're accepting it like positive criticism, it's going to help you and, and more more people will offer it to you. And I, I think I hope a, a beneficial way. I mean, I'll, I'll go to, uh, you know, a, a cocktail party or something like that with my wife and someone will have said something to me. I'll say, I, I really appreciate that. I'll take that. In, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that in mind and they'll walk away or, you know, my wife and I'll go somewhere else and she'll say, you know, they were insulting you. Right. And I said, well, they may have felt it that way. They may have felt that way. But I mean, I, if I can learn from it, then I'm going to grow. And, and, you know, that's fine. You either win or learn. So. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, uh, Proverbs, as, as iron sharpens iron. Uh, right. So one sharpens, sharpens another. So I, I would welcome welcome the comments. So, yeah. Um, I, if, if possible, I'd like to talk a little bit um, about leadership. And because I know from a conversation we had last week, um, you have thoughts on leadership and I know that you serve uh, business owners. And so, you know, there, there's this thing, I, I think sometimes folks may be great technicians or great attorneys, great carpenters, and then they decide, so they become business people, but nobody's taught them about, about leadership, leading others, leading themselves. Um, so that ready, go. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, I think is self-awareness. Um, I mean, if you can be truly self-aware to say, okay, I, I've, you know, I, I know my trade, but I've never been in, I, I've, you know, ever since, ever since I was an attorney, I do well practicing law. And so what, what happens? Someone puts me in charge of other attorneys, but they never seem to want to ask me questions. They never seem to, want to do anything. And this isn't my story. I'm just giving an example, but, um, you know, and that falls apart. Okay, well, you know, draw a box and realize that that's your box that you're in as an attorney. And now you want to start a small business and you don't know leadership. That's the first thing is admit what you don't know. That will start to create humility. Humility is followable. People can relate to humility. Even if, even if they don't seem humble themselves and they seem arrogant, they can relate to, to humility because, hey, that guy's going to be honest with himself, so he'll probably be honest with me. Um, then I, I, again, I mean, there's 
there have been there's been more ink spilled over leadership than I think anything else because there's no perfect formula. Because for every person that's out there, you know, almost eight billion now, I think there's eight billion styles of leadership. One's going to work better than the other for a different person. Um, but there's certain things, certain pillars in those that I think are fundamental across the board. And anybody who's you know found sane and competent is going to respond well to those things. And one of the first things I would do is ask them. Just ask. You know, odds are if you're not. Uh, you know, taking over a business, if you're truly starting one, then you're going to have a very manageable amount of, you know, followers, teammates, uh, folks who are going to benefit from your leadership, even if it's as a peer. Say, hey, you know, um, how am I doing? You know, what did, what did you hate about the last three people you worked for or worked with? And that's something too, is constantly, I constantly phrase, you know, yeah, Jacob's my assistant, but we work together. You know, we are the firm. He's a he's a teammate. You know, he doesn't work for me. He works with me. Um, and I think as you start to phrase those things and find those little uh, nuanced phrases that help other people, that self-talk sinks in. Um, so, I mean, just circling back before we get too far off, um, off the mark here, it's definitely going to be some self-awareness, which you're going to have to do some you know, some white wall time, just staring and thinking, you know, um, then it's, it's definitely uh, going to walk you into humility, I think. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, if I have to just stick to three, it really is just going to be ask. Uh, I mean, ask others, uh, ask people who don't work for you or with you, uh, because then they're not worried about reprisals, you know, just ask your wife, ask you if you, if you have the stones, ask your ex-girlfriend, you know, what was intolerable <laughs> about me? I, I, I probably wouldn't do that. But um, I, I mean, you know, ask anybody, ask your best friend. Everybody's got something to tell you. Um, it's just a question of if you're listening. or not. Yeah, so there's a there's the humility. There's a level of vulnerability it takes to, to ask that question and be willing to receive whatever Absolutely. those answers may be. Absolutely. But you'll, you'll find out real quick who, who has some, some real love for you um, by, by, who, by how they tell you, you know, and um, it, it's good. Again, I mean, you, you have to know um, that you work for your team. They don't work for you. Uh, you know, then you're getting not into leadership. You're asking management questions and management is, you know, management's easy. Fire people who don't listen to you. You know, you want leadership. See who sticks around when they miss a paycheck. You know, see who volunteers to miss a paycheck so we can keep the lights on. You know, and I don't want, I don't think you should be asking these people these questions, but you should be able to see it in people's eyes. You know, um, you want a little thermometer on your own leadership. Ask, ask yourself when the last time you checked on somebody's kids were. Ask them if you know when their kids' birthdays are. You know, I mean, you, you have to care about the person, um, I, I think, is one easy way. Uh, to get into it. Yeah, that was the saying. Nobody nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That's exactly right. And you know, really, how much time does it take just to stop and say, how how are you? How are you? you know, how are your kids? What do you got planned this weekend? That's exactly right. And it, it goes a long way, you know, and it's not just the Monday morning check-in. You know, um, I, I've uh, I try to shake it up. You know, I, I've, I've worked in larger organizations and we would have staff meetings 
and I'd send uh, I'd send everyone in the stat and who was supposed to be in the meeting an email that it was canceled except for one person, and that one person would show up, and we had I knew they had thirty minutes blocked out for this meeting, so uh, you know hey hey Todd, well where's everybody else? Nobody else, just me and you, man. How you been? Well, uh, I, I'm good. And do I need to be doing something? Yeah, you're in a meeting right now. What's up? You know, tell, tell me what's going on, man. And, and I would try and do my best and hold that to 15 minutes. Sometimes we got into some stuff and it took the whole 30. But I tried to take it to 15 minutes. And I'd say, hey, take the next 15 minutes for yourself and, you know, walk laps, play, play a game on your phone, do, do something. But, you know, just take care of yourself. You know, and, and just trying to do little things where, it, hey, man, I see you. I see you're a human being. You're not just a, an ID badge number that's going to come in and make my widgets for me. You know, you're a person and you got some stuff going on. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes I, 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 you have to notice things. You have to see people that are looking at the clock every five minutes, you know, when it's getting close to lunchtime. Hey, you OK? You know, because I, I tell people this all the time. I don't understand attorneys that will practice from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., take an hour for lunch, and then they're closed. That's it. People have jobs, you hope, to pay you. So how are you not open when they're not working? So I keep myself open 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays for that exact reason. And the phone's forward to my cell phone because I may not be in the office, but I'll answer your call. You know, and so if, you know, my assistant or anybody on my staff needs to go to the bank, hey, banks close. So... Why don't you take off at 1130? Most of the time, he comes back at 1230. I don't ask him to, but he just takes his hour at a different time. It's absolutely no change to me, but it makes the world to him. So is there a resource or resources? Say say that you've got enough self-awareness to know that um, this is an area that you need to work on. Um, is there a resource or resources that that you would recommend, that you would direct somebody to, to aside, of course, from listening to this podcast again, uh, where, could, where would you send somebody to learn and grow uh, in that capacity as a leader? Um, I, I'm a book junkie. I, I, I mean, I think that most good ideas have pretty much been covered. Uh, and so uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think, are great. Um, there's... Uh, I mean, um, there's 14 habits of leadership, which is uh, great. The um, but even going further than that, just you know, go to um, go to Google and and type in you know Washington's farewell address. Type in uh, you know um, there's a there's a farewell speech to officers from uh, um, Patton from George Patton. You know, uh, and, and I mean, just these men that have made phenomenal impacts in the realm of leadership and in the world of leadership and, and just see what they have to say and, and then start to unpack it. And, and when you just like an attorney, there's tons of good attorneys. There's tons of good guys in history, but one's going to speak to you. One's really going to ring a bell for you. You know, Churchill, of course, is a very common one. And when you find that, just start digging deeper, start unpacking and figure out what works um, what works for you and what speaks to you. Um, the Bible is always a great place to start. Um, but I, I mean, in, in the practice of law, it's really easy because every attorney loves to talk about themselves or at least loves to talk about something. But I would find in most professions, people like to talk about themselves. 
If you find someone you admire or who does a really good job, just send them a note. They're more accessible than ever. LinkedIn, Facebook, everything else. Go back to old school, handwrite it to them and say, hey, I really respect and admire this. Be specific about what you do. I'd love to you know, hear more about that. If they wrote if they wrote a book that you read and you enjoyed, you know, write them a note, write, reach out. You know, that vulnerability that you talked about, Todd, I think that's something this world is extremely uh, lacking is the willing to, willingness to open yourself up because everybody gets so offended these days, you're going to be shut down for some reason about expressing your feelings. But gratitude is something that often gets reciprocated very, very well. Yeah, the gratitude, I'll just hang my hat on that morning and evening. Anybody listening, if you, if you do, haven't started the practice of just a quick gratitude journal, write down three to five things you're grateful for um, morning and evening. And it, it literally changes your it changes your day. It changes your, your whole attitude. Um, and, and things like things like a, a fork. Like how, how often do you stop to think, I'm grateful to have a fork? Well, when was the last time you tried eating an over easy egg without one? I mean, it's anyhow. So, so yeah, gratitude's a. There's a book called the uh, There's a book called the Energy Bus, and it uh, it discusses how the chemicals that create uh, or that are created as a byproduct of having gratitude are the antithesis of the the chemicals in the brain that permit and allow for depression. So, in that sense, it's chemically impossible to be grateful and depressed at the same time. I learned something today. There you go. The book is called The Energy Bus. The Energy Bus. That's right. I mean, a little bitty book. uh, You know, if you get into it, it can be a a night read. You know, you can can blaze through it, but uh, very, very good. Cool. I will check it out. Hey, Aaron. So as we get close to wrapping up, wondering if you uh, have either words of encouragement to offer listeners or possibly like one question we business owners, entrepreneurs should be asking ourselves as we, as we close out 21, going to 22. Okay. Um, I, I think that uh, what I've tried to do um, somewhere around 3 PM, which is usually about three to four hours before I close down for the day uh, in, in business um, mindset and switch into, you know, husband, father mindset really is um, what did I do to help my business? What did I do to help myself in my business? And what did I do to help someone that has nothing to do with my business? And, and the third one has been a little more challenging to carve out because as an attorney, I'm usually using my trade to help that person, but I, I either do it free of charge or I, I just you know try and plant seeds back into the community in some way uh, that doesn't help my bottom line. So I try to help my business itself doing something that's gonna help my bottom line help myself in my bottom line. So I want to do something that's going to, uh, you know, make tomorrow a little easier, make next week a little easier. Usually that for me in, in the beginning stages of business has been making sure I'm setting up a system, making sure I'm training my my staff on something new. Uh, that way it invests in them for the future. So that takes a burden off me a little bit. And then again, do something for somebody expecting nothing in return um, that doesn't, necessarily directly help my bottom line because i really do think 
the things that don't help your bottom line end up helping your bottom line because it's relationship based. Uh, so if, if you need that to get started, if you need that, you know, sort of selfish bottom line reason to, to allow yourself to go out and join a community service group or, or you know, help someone who can't pay, you know, then, then use that. But um, they'll, they'll pay dividends more than any Google review, I can promise you. And you can still ask them to write you a Google review. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. So three three things. What did I, and this is on a, this is a daily basis. What did yes. I do to help my business? What did I do to help me in my business? And what did I do to help somebody where there's no return in my business? What did I do just yes. to just to serve and help? Fantastic. Super cool. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, for anybody that wants to get in touch with you. Um, has a small business question, a legal question, or just wants to learn more about you or, and, and get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Sure. Uh, it's, it's Aaron D. Lawrence, Attorney at Law on Facebook. Uh, I haven't bothered uh, setting up a website yet because, frankly, I haven't needed one, which has been great. Uh, I'm also Aaron D. Lawrence on LinkedIn, and I'm Aaron at lawfirm.com if you want to reach out via email. Um, I'd be happy to get back to you, to anybody, if I can help. Fantastic. Aaron, thank you so much. Um, truly, I, I, time is such a tremendous gift. So thank you for, for being on and sharing with our listeners. Uh, man, just really appreciate it. And to our listeners, your time is also a gift. So thank you so much. Uh, for taking the time to tune in today. Hey, remember whatever whatever you're dreaming, whatever whatever big vision God has placed on your heart, you can. Until next time, peace to you all. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.